What's up, everyone? We're back with another episode of Dub Johnson Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, former Purdue guard, Tyrone Johnson. Tyrone, how you doing, man? I'm doing fine, man. How's it going? It's going great, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, we were chatting a little bit before we started here uh, about your real estate endeavors. Um, so talk a little bit about that for people who may not know uh, what you've been doing. Absolutely, man. So um, I started in real estate uh, probably in about 2017 uh, here from California, actually investing back home in Indianapolis. I just know the market uh, a little better than here, obviously. And then uh, it's a cash flow market. You know, everything here is so expensive, man. So uh, my partner and I, we started out wholesaling real estate. And now we um, we actually buy and hold real estate uh, over in the Indianapolis market. Um, we own over 30 properties now, uh, like 25 of which we bought last year. So we are on a roll um, and we plan on uh, trying to double, triple, actually triple that this year uh, coming up. So um, that's kind of where we are with it. You know, we, we purchase everything in Indianapolis. We do, um, you know, make sure that we're getting really good deals. We're at 75% of value on all of our, on all of our properties. So it's been good to us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's awesome to see what you guys are doing. Um, I know all Purdue Nation is pretty proud of you guys. Um, but talk about your motivation behind doing this. And uh, when you buy the properties, like, are you flipping them, um, giving them to other people, selling them to other people and things like that? Um, so we do a little bit of both. Uh, mostly um, we're looking to build a legacy, you know, for our kids, for our um, for our personal families and then for our investors as well. You know, uh, we actually have private investors that we have. Um, that actually put the money up for these deals for us, um, cash, and we're able to provide them a really solid return, you know, better returns than they're able to get normally, you know, in the stock market, um, in their IRAs. We have a lot of IRA investors. Um, so we, we pretty much purchased these properties um, and we have a, a great team in Indianapolis. So I want to give them the credit for sure. Um, but they fixed them up for us. Nine times out of 10, these are properties that do need some work. Um, so we're fixing them all the way up to um, rent ready or above rent ready um, in, in most in most of our properties. Uh, so then we're able to get those properties rented out um, and, and cash flow pretty nicely. So that's just something that we're pretty much doing a lot uh, of. And then some of them we've sold, you know, as flips, obviously. But, you know, our, our biggest goal is to keep these properties and, and use this as cash flow and, and continue to bring our investors that, that return, you know, for the for the remainder of our lives, honestly. <laughs> uh, has it been harder or easier to kind of find these properties and uh, buy them and kind of fix them up, just given the whole global pandemic and uh, money is tight for a lot of people? So how difficult or easy has that been for you guys? Absolutely. You know, it's crazy because, you know, 2020, we, like I said, I've been in it for about three years now. So 2020 was actually my best year in the real, in real estate. Um, and obviously, you know, once everything started, you know, it was, it was a pretty scary situation because it's like, okay, you can't go into beauty's homes. That's a big part of the, um, of the buying process is getting in and seeing the house, you know, seeing what we need, to, what needs to be done. Um, and then also on the flip side with rents, you know, coming in, obviously there was things put in place to protect, you know, tenants in order for them to pay the rent. So um, we did not lose one month's rent <laughs> throughout this entire pandemic. So, you know, I'm gonna knock on wood on that because it's not over. But, um, but yeah, we, we've, we've been able to actually flourish throughout it, you know, which is good for us. Um, if we were, you know, 
before that we were the way that we found deals you know we we actually uh have a marketing plan in place we have callers that that are calling for us all week um and we reach out to homeowners that might be in trouble we've helped a lot of people out of foreclosure you know so they don't get that on uh drop on their credit um, we've helped a lot of people that have, you know, inherited properties, you know, find the worth of it and see, you know, if they want to sell as well. Um, so we've, we started out with the wholesaling process, which is like kind of like ground level. So we would get a property under contract. And then what we would do is we would sell that contract um, to an end buyer like ourselves now. <laughs> right. Um, but that allowed us to figure out how to find great deals so that when we, when we do buy them now, we know the numbers. Like I know the numbers like the back of my head, you know, now, um, but wholesaling allowed me to learn while making money, you know, in real estate. So that's kind of how we find deals. And it's actually been um, just about the same or, or easier to find deals during this time. And I'm, I would suggest, I mean, I'm, I would guess that, you know, moving forward with all of these forbearance plans and things like that, that it'll be a lot of properties back on the market as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then another aspect of, of your guys' kind of business is the Muggles in the Making um, mm-hmm. YouTube channel. So Absolutely. talk about what you're building with that as well. And when you guys are going to be on like HDTV, um, <laughs> stuff like that. Man, it's funny that you say that. Um, we actually spoke with uh, Telemundo because we do a lot of uh, lease, lease to own properties for people that are um, that are just having trouble, man. Um, purchasing a property right mm-hmm. um so if they their credit not is, is not as good or you know they um they don't have you know a certain amount of reserves in order to get a loan through a bank we've been able to do that so telemundo is actually asking us you know to um to pop on their on their channel and do some just some education on the buying process and stuff like that um but honestly we've been uh and i, and I lost your question i'm sorry about that but what, what did you ask me and i'm sorry uh, I was just asking about kind of like the YouTube channel and um, oh yes, Mogul's in the making. Like how you guys are building that and stuff like that. Right, right, yeah. That it's a huge thing for us, man. You know, it's a uh, it's something where we can provide value to other people that's interested in getting into the real estate game. Um, so we're we're breaking it all the way down. We're showing you, you know, properties that we're fixing up. Um, we're showing you properties that we might have, you know, might have took a little bit longer to to rehab. You know, we're showing you the actual process that we go to and finding a deal. Um, and then we're going all the way from A to Z. So it's a, it's a channel that we just started. It's, it's pretty fresh and we've got, we've gotten a lot of, you know, um, credit, you know, for, for some of the stuff that we've shown and it's something that we continuously, you know, are going to continue to build. You know, uh, we actually just had um, someone reach out to us and do some artwork for us and stuff like that. So it's going to be pretty dope, man. But, you know, it's definitely something where people can, you know, in their spare time, tap into YouTube, take a look at it and say, Hey, this is something that I can do, you know, just mm-hmm. sitting at home, you know, just study this and kind of learn to get into the game. So that's, that's something that's big. And that brings me to an interesting point. Uh, like how did you get into this? And uh, would you advise maybe other players that um, maybe didn't, didn't want to pursue a, a career in professional basketball, go overseas, anything of that nature, would you advise them to kind of follow it on the same path that you're, you're going down? Absolutely, man. You know what? It's it's one of the best investments that you can make. You know, um, I know a lot of people are in the stock market. Um, 
you know, doing options, things like that. Um, but this is one, you know, investment that you can have others paying off your investment. And it's that simple. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it, these people that are renting out our properties, they're paying our, our mortgages down. Um, and these are going to be free and clear properties at some point in life, right? Uh, I definitely talked to Rayfield Davis already about it. I talked to Lewis. I talked to Etwan. You know, JJ. <laughs> JJ actually has some properties. Etwan do it, does as well. Um, so I talked to a couple guys already. You know that I know that they're going to be interested in as they move forward. You know, in their careers and stuff like that. It doesn't have to be your main thing, right? It's yeah. just something to build a legacy, something to, that you're going to be able to leave behind for your kids. Um, so it's definitely something that I that I that I. That I um, suggest that, you know, all players across the, you know, across the nation, wherever you end up, you know, um, look into, into the real estate space. Um, but for me, you know, I got into it actually while I was playing basketball overseas, <laughs> I was in Greece playing and I had nothing else to do, bro, to be completely honest. Like we would practice in the morning, um, practice uh, midday, and then, you know, I would have dinner and then it would be nighttime and but it would be like morning time here starting to be morning time here it would be about four or five a.m so i didn't really have anybody to talk to or nothing mm -hmm. um so outside of workouts I, I would dig into some real estate stuff and there was one guy that would, would post videos kind of how we're doing now right mm -hmm. um but back then you know it wasn't that popular but i mean now it's like blown up the wholesale strategy so i bought a property when i was overseas i bought a property in indianapolis with my parents uh with my mom and um, it was a lease option, kind of what we're doing now. I didn't know the contract language or things of that sort, but it ended up becoming due. It was already due, like when I got back home, like the balloon payment, ended up losing that property. But then when I looked at the, the contract, I'm like, man, if I, if I knew what I was doing, I would have made a lot of money on this deal. Like it was a chance for us to make like 45, 50,000 on it if I knew what I was doing. So after I moved to California, you know, I didn't really have a lot of friends out here. I didn't, I just had, you know, my wife um, and my kid and her family. Um, and so I would just dig into it, bro, like all the time, podcasts, YouTube, books, everything. And after I did my first deal uh, with the guy out of Indianapolis, uh, Brett Snodgrass, he kind of walked me through and we do this with a lot of newer guys now, you know, um, he kind of did the deal with me split it down the middle you know i went and found the deal he had buyers on deck <laughs> he did it with me showed me the whole process so i made like thirteen thousand on my first deal and i said man i like to repeat that so then i you know i did a couple <laughs> deals with him and then i really got serious about it uh you know my my father-in-law my wife's father he he jokes about it he said you know I would be talking to Tia. He would always had his headphone in his ear. You know, he'd be over there studying something, right? But he was like, "Now it's all paying off," you know, because that's my full that's my full thing now. Like, you know, I don't have a job. This is, you know, it's entrepreneurship for me now. So, um, I've always wanted that. I've always, you know, as a basketball player, you know, your performance is what um, is what drives you, right? So, you know, um, I, I was working a job for a minute, but I just felt like, you know. I would like to be judged on my own performance. So like how far I push myself, you know, I would get that uh, reward. And I feel like with this, it's kind of like the same thing. Yeah. So it, it kind of relates to basketball in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And going back to your basketball career, I know you played, like you mentioned, in Greece for a year. Um, mm -hmm. So what made you stop playing and um, kind of that, what was that transition period like after that? Um, man, it was a crazy transition. I'll say that to begin with. But um, I know for me, you know, I 
so I, I, I had my son in like the, the last, it, when the playoffs started in Greece, what happened, I had my son um, and I wanted to fly back home and they were like, no, like you can't fly back home. Like you, you're going to have to, but I always wanted to see my son born. Like that was my number one thing, you know, was to be there when my kids are born. Right. Um, so they ended up letting me come back like right before the game. Um, and then I got like traded to a different team, like mid, mid in the middle of that like transition, right? Um, and then they released me, you know. But I still got payments. Like I was still having, you know, I was still under contract so, to get payments. So I was getting paid for a while while I was still here in California with my with my kid. Um, and then I started to, you know, train to go back, obviously. And I was getting some offers, but they were really low offers, right? And I'm like, man, I can make that, like just sitting here in Indianapolis, right? Uh, if I just got a job, I felt like, you know, without having to be away from my family, uh, you know, my dad wasn't in my life, you know, my entire, pretty much my entire life, man. So, um, it's a big thing for me to be like, almost like with my son, you know what I mean? Um, and now I have a daughter, but like, that's, that's, you know, that, that was something that was huge to me. So it just made a little bit more sense for me to transition out. Um, and I got a job, you know, and started really digging into this. And the next thing you know, this kind of blew up for me. So it ended up working out well, to be honest. But it's but it's a hard transition, man. It's I didn't play basketball for man a year straight when I stopped because I just I was sick. Like I was I was I would watch all the Purdue games and stuff like that. You know, I would watch uh, NBA games. But man, it was hard for me to get back out on the floor. You know, with the competitiveness that I have. Man, I, I just it, it hurt me, you know, to, to get away from the sport. But I think that's something that people should be thinking about, even while in college. I never thought about what what you know what I, what would I do once I'm done, right? Yeah. You know, I know that they give you all the resources to do that. I I think it's I think it's you know advantageous for people to take advantage of that, man. Like while you're on campus, start looking at things like this. Start talking to people like me that already have a real estate business or a, you know somebody that's you know, has their own business or even that has a great career, start talking to them, you know, start getting in touch with them. So that when you do make that transition, you almost have a, a few things that you know that you're going to want to get into, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important for guys. Um, I mean, take like guys like, um, like Tommy Luce, for example, guys that are walk on, probably not going to go on to play at the next level overseas, wherever, mm-hmm. um, to be cognizant of that and, and look up to guys like you and, and I mean, Rayfell's doing his thing now. Lou Jack's doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of look up to you guys and kind of get uh, advice from you. Absolutely, man. It's huge, bro. It's huge. Yeah, I know one player that was, and I know he's doing really good in real estate as well. And I've talked to him actually. Um, one of the walk-ons that was there with me, Stephen Toyer. I don't know if you remember him, mm-hmm. but he he was actually doing that stuff like while we were while we were there. You know, so I remember him coming in, you know, kind of dressed up, said he just got his broker's license or whatever it was. You know, I'm not completely sure what it was back then, but um, I know that he was into some multifamily investments and stuff like that, like a year out of a year out of college, two years out of college. And they did really well and still continue to. So even just looking at that, it's like, man, this dude right next to me is like, <laughs> you know, he's getting to something like, let's let me take a look at it. Um, don't just get tied up in in, in, uh, in plan A. You know? Mm hmm. And talk about kind of the, the path that you've been on. You've mentioned that um, you've been doing this real estate thing for three years now. How did, how are you at the beginning and how much have you grown from it? Um, like to this point in terms of just getting all the knowledge and kind of 
applying that. Right. So, like I said, I started out just thinking flip, flip, flip. You know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. I, I want to say like the average like deal on like a, a wholesale deal um, in, in Indianapolis is, uh, sorry about that, that's my dollar. Oh, you're good. But, uh, <laughs> um, but, but an average like wholesale deal we were seeing was about, you know, 7,500 to 12,500. Then we started kind of revving that up. We like, man, we can get deeper deals. And also our buyers trust us more now. We got. We started to get to a point where buyers didn't even have to look at the properties. They knew that we were telling the truth. They knew everything that we gave them information-wise was what it was. Um, so we started to make, you know, twenty, thirty, forty thousand on those deals that we weren't touching. You know, we were just assigning the contracts to. Um, but then we started to look at it and we started to say, okay, well, these people are. Yeah, we made ten thousand on this, but these people are turning this around making 15,000 on it, but also being able to keep this property and build their legacy, you know, build that cash flow monthly uh, residual. And so that's when we started saying, man, like, and, and honestly, like I said, I'm having that meeting tonight. That's one big thing that we're going to go over is like, it changed our look on real estate as, as a whole, right? It's like, what are the bigger guys doing? You know, what are the people that are living the, when everybody talks about real estate investing and stuff like that, they talk about the dude that's out there, you know, drinking his drink on the beach and he's making money, right? <laughs> and um, and that's something that we looked at. We like, man, doing this, you have to come in like every day, like whatever you, no matter what, you know, you have to come in, you have to, you know, sit down, you have to uh, start calling. Once you start, once you stop that, your money stopped, right? <laughs> um, but how we have it now, I mean, and obviously I don't do this, but like, I mean, if I don't work for a week, I'm still going to get this, you know, these residual funds that, that'll come in, right? Um, but I'm still in the building stage. I feel like, like in this space, it gives me like a, a endless, like uh, four years of Purdue of what I got, you know, like, it's like, I always get to feel like I need to, I need to get better. I always get that big 10 tournament, you know, type of ordeal where I'm like trying to, you know, reach these, these goals that I have. And I actually look at it like that. I compare it to stuff like that and just, man, it's, it's, I love the space. Um, and my partner does as well. So as we continue to build, you know, next thing that we're looking to do is get into multifamily um, and kind of move up from there. Mm-hmm. And you've mentioned a couple of times about leaving your legacy. So I just wanted you to expand on that and kind of, um say what what your vision is for for leaving your legacy and things like that right right so it in in me for me it's uh it's two parts for that you know it's uh one part is obviously my family right so my family's legacy you know leaving something for my kids to look at um when I was growing up I didn't really have nothing in front of me like as far as like entrepreneurs in our family that's like hey you can do this, you know, you don't have to go to school or you don't have to, you know, do this or you don't have to rely on basketball, uh, rap, uh, the streets, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, me and, me and Lewis talked, me and actually, I'm sorry, me and Etwan talked about this the other day, like our kids are going to see a different, you know, view of what we, than what we saw growing up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that's huge for me is my, like he plays around now, I don't know if you can see the but he, he drew some stuff on my oh, board yeah. right there, like a little house, you know, like he's, he's actually interested in stuff like that now, you know, and that's stuff that I didn't really, you know, have in front of me growing up. So that's, that was something that's huge for me. And also being able to leave them something, you know, like, you know, I've definitely got me a full term life insurance. You know, I got like, you know, I, I make sure that, you know, these properties, you know, they'll be handed down in the right way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that they're learning about it. So it's not like I'm handing them something that, you know, they don't know what to do with when they're, when yeah. they're older. Right. Um, so that's that's one big thing for me as far as family on the flip side it's like 
and I'm here in California and I, you know, we do plan on moving back to Indianapolis, but like just being in the community, man, like leaving that legacy in our community that like we, we're people that you can reach out to. We're people that you can learn from. We came from the same environments that y'all did. Um, and we were able to do this, you know, it's something that you can obviously do as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the second thing, you know, um, getting into the schools, you know, um, getting out to, you know, food drive, stuff like that, but also having like workshops, you know, for kids, things like that. Hey, here's how to learn a trade. Hey, here's when you go to college, these are some things that you can learn. Right. Um, so I think that's, that's one big thing too, is to put a stamp on the city as far as that goes. It feels a little bit different when I do it here because it's not the same, you know, like I didn't, I didn't walk these streets when I was a kid, but when I'm back home, it feels so good, bro. So I know that's something that me and my partner, we grew up literally right around the corner from each other. (laughs) Um, and never knew it though, until we met each other. Right. Um, but I know that's something that's huge for us for sure. Mm -hmm. So when you do move back to Indy eventually, um, Mm -hmm. How do you want to impact uh, maybe it'd be um, where you grow up, your neighborhood, or maybe surrounding neighborhoods or things of that nature? You said, how do I want to impact it? Yeah. Well, for me, obviously, um, we're already purchasing homes in the areas, yeah. right? Um, so being able to, pro- to provide that, um, that living that's affordable, right? Affordable living for people in the community, um, but also showing people, okay, these guys are making, you know, great money too, right? These guys are doing, they're cool. They're not lames either. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not lames in, in the community. You know, they're, they're, they're out here making some, some good money. You know, they're just like us. Right. Um, and they're, they're, they went this route. So what is this? Right. It makes people, you know, makes kids, um, you know, a little bit inquisitive of like, okay, what's, what's going on over here? Like, <laughs> um, but that's, I think that's one big thing as far as like impact on, on the, on the children, you know, in the community, but also being able to provide that affordable living for, for our communities and, and be able to, you know, we want to end up having barbershops, you know, things like that, like um, strip malls, things like that, um, where we can kind of provide a little bit of spin on it, you know, our own personal spin on the community as well. Um, but also I want to be involved in more in basketball. You know, I, I'm not as involved out here, um, I want to definitely get back into the basketball, like, you know, coaching somehow, you know, some way I don't have to be no crazy. I don't have to be Matt Painter, <laughs> but, um, but I would love to, you know, maybe assistant coach at my high school or something to that. So I know John Hart is doing that right now as well. Um, and it's just, it seems so fun. You know, I'm watching him. I'm like, man, he having fun with this. And I, you know, I, I really miss the sport. So that's definitely something I'm looking to make an impact on as well. Mm-hmm. Actually, due to my next question, how much college basketball, Purdue or Big Ten or nationally, do you are you able to catch now? You know, I'm a busy dude, right? <laughs> but um, but I, I def what I do definitely catch is the Purdue games. You know, I watch mm-hmm. all of the Purdue games for the most part, um, unless I'm like like I, I was talking to you. I think the other night we were watching yeah. the uh, the Michigan game. It didn't turn out well, but like I was telling you, like man, that's a young good team. Like give them a year, man, it's gonna it's gonna really go down. <laughs> Um, but I, I, I'm able to watch them, you know, I'll watch a little bit of the, um, the big 10 period, but, you know, every time I can catch a game, I do, obviously, um, you know, I have all the channels for it, but for the most part, I, I, I mostly tune into Purdue though. Mm-hmm. And what have your impressions been of the team so far this season? I know we kind of, excuse me, been up and down a little bit and then we hit our stride at four game stretch and then, um, hit a little road bump in Michigan, but, uh, what have your right. overall feeling has been about the season so far? 
you know, I've been on similar teams. I've been on, I've been on some really, I've been on the really good teams at Purdue, and I've been on a really bad team at Purdue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I feel like these dudes, one thing about these dudes is that they're trying. Like, they're, they're actually listening. You can tell that they're actually, like, starting to hang on to stuff. And that's why you see it's kind of like a bumpy road, but it's like they, they get those big wins as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it's a really good group of kids. They're very young. Um, but, but who's to say that that, you know, stops them, right? Yeah. Um, I think if they can continue to get some big wins, you know, to end out this, you know, Big Ten season, man, it's going to be huge for them. Uh, but I really like the group of guys that they have. Um, I thought Coach Penner did a really good job with this recruiting class, like as far as freshmen and the red shirt freshmen that, that he had. Um, but I, I, I really like them. They have a lot of potential. Travion seems like a good um, – I, I haven't met any of – besides uh, Eric Hunter, I met him before. Um, but I don't think I've met any of the – and, and, and uh, Thompson. I'm sorry. I've definitely met Thompson. But, um, but outside of that, I haven't really met a, a lot of them. But they seem to be a, a really good group of guys. And uh, – I, I really, I really like the potential that they have, bro. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of Purdue fans obviously um, chat a bunch on social media and stuff like that. And <laughs> I mean, we might, we might not be top three in the Big Ten this this year, but next year we're not losing anybody unless someone. Exactly. Cares. I mean, <laughs> loaded for the next few years. Absolutely, uh, bro. Absolutely. So I'm gonna be ready to talk some crap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what do you think the ceiling for this team is? Do you think that they could contend for a double buy in the Big Ten um, in the Big Ten tournament? And how deep do you think it, they could make it in the in March Madness? <clears throat> That's what I was just talking to my brother about, man. You know, I think that they can definitely win that Big Ten tournament. They beat some of the best teams, I mean, in there. So, I mean, obviously, you know, it only takes, you know, a, a couple good games and boom, right? So it's like a tournament in itself. You know, you look at it, it's like, man, if we win these three games, boom, we're good, right? We make it into – but if they make the tournament, they're going to be trouble. Yeah. They're going to be trouble because we have a lot of good guards. I always say that the tournament um, – come tournament time, you really rely on your guards, right? <clears throat> and I think even with the youth, you know, that's a lot of games to be played. And I feel like that we have the legs to get out there and be some teams that surprise some teams. And I feel like if they make it to the tournament – we definitely get two to three games in at the at the least, for sure. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, like we're young, but we also have guys that have been there for a while, been there, done that. Sasha, mm-hmm. Eric, and um, Isaiah Thompson. So, I mean, absolutely, just lean on Trey if he has a big game. Watch out. Exactly, exactly, man. Yeah, he's uh, good. So going back to your high school days, um, before we get into more of your Purdue career, uh, okay. What was that culture of Indiana high school basketball like? I know there's that famous saying, in 49 other states is just basketball. So mm-hmm. talk about that and growing up in that and then ending up at a an Indiana college. You know, it was it was huge, man. It was – I mean, ever since I can remember, you know, I was playing, like, organized basketball. Like, I'm talking, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, making sure that you pass to the open man, you know, making sure that you – you know, jump stop, like that type of basketball, man. Like that started out very early. We started out, you know, me and my brother, we started out with uh, Coach Red Taylor in Indianapolis. Um, Then we had a few different coaches, you know, growing up. All of these coaches knowing, you know, 
the exact way to play good basketball. And I think that's something that's huge. Even when you go to a Purdue game, to a high school game, like the fans sound like they know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like they're not just out there just hollering, you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, So growing up in that culture of high school basketball, man, it was like, that was one thing. Like I just remember the the bands and stuff like that. When I was a kid, I used to to be like, you know, I want to, I can't wait till I'm playing, you know, warming up under those bands and (laughs) hearing, you know, hearing the bands play and it's, and it's my team, you know, at the top of the state. And next thing you know, it was right. Um, So that was something that was huge for me. And once I got there, like my goal, because I committed to Purdue what my sophomore summer, I believe. So I was able to kind of, focus on you know being a high school basketball player after that right getting better but it was like I gotta win state at this point now I have to win state right um so that was a huge thing for us we ended up actually doing it obviously um me and my brother and we had you know Devontae Smith Revere on there uh, Darius Latham Pat Ingram we had a pretty good team uh, I want to say our top our, our starting five all win D1 one for football <laughs> but um but he was an Indiana all-star as well so I think, you know, that just goes to show that, like, Indiana basketball is serious, man. Um, but, yeah, that was that was huge for us to finally get that that state championship, you know, in a winning culture, you know, North Central basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I I remember even back when I was young, um, you guys were absolutely loaded. It was insane. <laughs> it really wasn't even fair. But, man, that uh, was crazy. <laughs> uh, are there any games or matchups against guys um, that you came up with? Uh, that stick out to you from high school or AAU ball? Um, matchups with some guys. Let me, let me think about that. You know, obviously my – so I didn't play much my freshman year, but I would say that was a big year for me because I had, I had actually an ACL surgery coming into my freshman year. So – and then obviously I wasn't going to play in front of Eric Gordon. <laughs> he was the shooting guard at the time, right? It was his senior year. Um, so I didn't play a lot my freshman year, but I do remember us playing Jeff Teague and those guys. I was a really big fan of them because um, I actually was in their township before I moved over to Washington Township. Um, and then I got to see every day Eric Gordon. But like when we played them, when we played each one and those guys, um, that was a huge that was a huge game for us. You know what I mean? But after that, you know, as far as like me, like our, our matchups. I would have to say we had some great matchups. People forget that, you know, Gary Harris and them was in our conference. Um, it was always a crazy, crazy matchup with Lawrence North. They had the towers back then. They were so tall. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you know, I like those games versus East Chicago. That was when Kawhi Short, you know, was still playing basketball. Um, it was him and uh, it was after Etwan left, you know, it was him and it was uh, they brought in Angel Garcia. I don't know if you remember him as well. <laughs> he sounds <laughs> But he was a tall yeah, he was a tall, lengthy guy. You know, he had some some mix up. He had about he was about six eleven, man. He was really good. He was a Spanish guy that came in and played for East Chicago. Uh, he ended up going to Memphis, but I just remember those matchups was crazy, man. So, man, it was a lot of it was a lot of good battles. Obviously, the Pike battles was like that was our our real rival, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Pike and, and Lawrence North. So Marcus Teague and those guys, you know. We laid it down on them as well, but <laughs> and they and you know what they gave it to us at times too, you know. But I know for me it was it was so serious to win back then, man. It was it was crazy. Like I would I couldn't sleep if I didn't win. Like <laughs> I school, I I hated to see the newspaper the next day. <laughs> I mean, you just name dropped like seven, eight dudes that earned the league and one that's in the NFL. I mean, that just speaks to how deep Indiana's high school basketball really is. All the talent that goes in. 
Man, I say it all the time. I tell people all the time. I forget sometimes. I'm yeah. like, dang, I forgot. You know, like I just left out Yogi just now. <laughs> I left out AJ, right? <laughs> I left out a lot of guys. So it's like sometimes I'm like, dang, I'm Trayvon. You know, we played against a lot of these guys in high school, and just those battles was crazy. You can only imagine, right? Uh, they had their own school, you know, their own rights. So it was fun, and uh, while it lasted, <laughs> absolutely. Uh huh. And then talk about you've mentioned him a couple of times. Your little brother Ronnie. Um, mm-hmm. so talk about being able to play with him at North Central and then um, at Purdue eventually, and how special that was for you guys. You know, it was super special for us, man. We we always battled, right, our whole lives, battling in, whether it's downstairs, you know, in the, in the basement or whether it's, you know, outside on the concrete. Uh, we always battled. Um, and to be honest, I would say it was probably a bigger to see for my mom, right? Because mm-hmm. she was, like, waiting for that moment for us just to be able to play together because we he would always play up and play with me, you know, you know, certain AAU teams, but once yeah. he kind of evolved into his own player, as far as like being able to play high school basketball, I know my mom really loved that time, you know, like our whole family used to show up at the games and, and cheer us on. But yeah, that was something that was huge for us, man. I know there was one year that we were, I want to say it was going into my junior year, you know, we, we made a pack was like, bro, there's just no excuses no more. Like <laughs> whatever goes down, like there's no excuses, you know what I mean? So, um, if we lose, it's our fault. You know, if we do this, it's our fault. So going into that year, man, we really started to pick it up. And then, you know, he didn't, he wasn't highly recruited when I went to college. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but after my junior year, uh, I mean, after my sophomore year, he was highly recruited. Right. At the end of that season, um, it was him, Devonte. you know, they actually did really good. I remember after, after a game, um, uh, it was it, they played against Gary Harris and them in like the the semi semifinals or regional or something like that. And uh, me and John Harden went back and Coach Owens was banging our phones. He was like, "Hey man, your brother look good. <laughs> you know, your brother looking good." And I'm like, I'm like you trying to throw a hint, you know what?" But nah, he but uh, but yeah, it was it was good to get him, you know, to be able to play on the higher level with me uh, at Purdue, man, just being in that backcourt together, it was, man, that was some of the funnest times of my life, right, on and off the court, man, you know, so just having your brother there with you, it was, it was pretty crazy, I know my family really enjoyed it, because we was able to stay in the state, so everybody would come up to the games, man, it was, it was, it was a good deal for us, for sure. Mm -hmm. I think I remember that game, if my memory serves me right, I was there, it was actually at Noblesville, which is my hometown. Uh, Right, right. Here, here, sitting that, um, oh yeah no that and, was the second yeah that was yeah, the second in the, year in yeah. sectionals that was Ronnie senior yep. year, I think that was so I was talking about his junior year mm-hmm. but his but his senior year yeah me and John was actually at that game together as well <laughs> and he hit that half court shot ESPN top 10 I think that was crazy because when he put it up I said because we were we were like looking down we were all the way up man that game was packed out and uh, as soon as he threw it up, bro, I saw it. I said, "That's that's online. That's going in." And it, it definitely went in. <laughs> I remember going and seeing him play. I was in sixth grade, maybe. Okay. He dunked, he dunked on one of my friends, Jake Mills. He was a freshman. Oh, word! Playing on <laughs> um, But I mean, he was just a dog. Seeing him, and I went there because Ronnie, obviously, uh, got you. Right. As a Purdue fan. And then I sent you that picture the other day um, when I met you. Oh, yeah. When I met you and Ronnie, that was that was a 
right before your senior game, I believe. Oh, okay, at Purdue. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that was at Noblesville again. We went to the section. I forget who was playing. Um, right. But yeah, I'm uh, trying to get back to that size, man. You see me now. I'm trying to get back down to that size, man. <laughs> when you sent that picture, I said, that's motivation right there, man. <laughs> I just remember it like that for me, like that was the coolest thing ever back when I was, I was like 12 or 13, I think. And right, I mean, right. I saw you were at the, um, the uh, concession stand and I like, look, I'm like, that's Jerome Johnson. So I, and you were like, you like order like a hot dog or something. I was like, try to get a picture. And you're like, sure. So then I met you. I was super pumped about that. And then I went, when I was walking out, uh, my mom was picking me up. I saw Ronnie too. So I saw oh, you guys like man. two different things, but you guys weren't together for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, so I, got, okay. I got a picture with Ronnie too. Um, That's what's up. Bro. Yeah, it's kind of great. <laughs> everything come, come full circle. It circuit. is. <laughs> uh, do you have any good stories about you and Ronnie? Growing up, maybe, I mean, AAU, growing up when you guys were little kids, high school, or Purdue, anything? Um, I have some good ones, you know. Um, I think one that, that just kind of pops to mind I, um, is uh, we used to play basketball, like, in our in our, um, in our our neighborhood, like, in the backyard. But, you know, it would always, you know, the weather over there, it's always a time of year where it snows and stuff like that, so we're not able to the place so we would channel that to downstairs in the basement right <laughs> so we had a court that we would put like up on this table and my mom would always say do not put that that court up on the table it's gonna y'all gonna end up getting hurt right um so ronnie one time we were we was all playing down there we we found a way to play two on two in a small basement bro. <laughs> and um and i remember him just like he went in, you know, it got, it was getting serious down there. Now, mind you, we like 10 years old, like yeah. I'm not sure. Right. So he ended up like, he went so hard, like trying to go left. You know, he's so left, fierce left. He went so hard, bro. And like hit his head on that table that she told us do not play on. And and he ended up busting his, like busting his head open. And like, we had to take him, rush him to the hospital and stuff like that. But I was like, and then, you know, after we, he was like, Y'all trying to play again tomorrow? Like, you know, I'm like, oh, man. It was funny, bro. But, yeah, that, that was kind of a funny memory for me. You know, we had so many memories playing basketball, obviously, because we used to, you know, play in the neighborhood at school. Like, we would leave practice sometime and go and play, like, uh, open runs places and stuff like that. So we got so many funny stories, man. But um, I think that one sticks out to me because it's like it just takes you back to that time where it's like, basketball still meant so much to us just in that basement right yeah. <laughs> as opposed to, and then next thing you know we was on a big stage playing in the big 10 and stuff like that but but yeah man we have some great stories and some great times for sure mm. I mean that's a dream for a lot of people a lot of guys actually I should say right having a little brother that I mean pretty equal to you as a basketball player very highly right. recruited um highly thought of and being able to go at it seven days a week 24 7 <laughs> right exactly bro yeah it was it was pretty crazy it was pretty crazy we had some we actually had some good battles at Purdue too you know what I mean like just in practice like you know they would put him on a different team you know sometimes and stuff like that so you know he had to come in and earn his spot it wasn't given to him you know what I mean and that was something that I always told him like before he even came to Purdue it's like bro just because I'm your brother don't mean that you know you're gonna be able to come in and just play you know what I mean like you gotta earn it so we had a we had a lot of good battles 
you know, I had to teach him, you know, who Big Bro is and stuff like that. Another story, maybe a matter of fact, another story I have is that when he was like a freshman in in in, um, in high school, you know, they were on the JV team. It was him, Tyler Corley. We had a, they was pretty good. Pat Ingram, all of them, they were on the JV team, but they would play varsity as well. And, uh, you know, I was the obviously the captain of the team and stuff like that. So for us, it was like, we took, I took my leadership serious, right? So when they came in the room, you know, they they left our locker room, which is the varsity locker room, like super dirty. And we was like, what the, cause I, I made, we always made sure that like, we picked up all of our stuff in the varsity locker room that when coach come in there, we're not going to be running and stuff because the, the locker room is all dirty and stuff. So they came in there, you know, cocky little freshmen and stuff like that, you know, running the hall, freshman halls and stuff. And they left all their stuff in there. We was like, bro, y'all guys to get that out of here. Like, it's not going to happen, you know. And they start talking stuff to us. We end up all start almost fighting and stuff in the, in the locker room, right? We, we end up getting into it with them. But they ended up cleaning it up. But it's funny to this day because my, when my, my head coach, Coach Mitchell, he came out here for our wedding. And he was like, man, y'all never knew this. But I heard that entire <laughs> exchange from my office. <laughs> and he was like, get Ronnie's ass. Get him. He was like, <laughs> It was funny, bro. But yeah, that, that but just like stuff like that, bro. It's kind of crazy because you gotta you gotta separate like you know him being my brother for him being like the point guard of the team, right? Mm-hmm. So like you know, some most likely like the point guard, you know, they have a leadership role whether they want to whether they want to be or not, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to kind of separate that as well. But it was some good times for sure. Mm-hmm. And how weird was it to see kind of? I mean, obviously you spent all four years at Purdue, and then um, Ronnie ended up at three different schools. Um, three, right. three great schools, actually. Um, so how, <laughs> how weird was that to see just kind of like the different paths that you guys took? You know, it was kind of weird because when it came down to it, like I really had no say so in it. Um, it was kind of him and my dad, you know, and they kind of went back and forth about that whole thing. And I just remember the day that they actually decided, like we was at a, a basketball game or something like that. And I know they went to go talk to Coach Painter and he came back and told me. And I was just, you know, I wasn't happy about it um, at the time just because, I didn't really have a say so, you know, they didn't really ask for my opinion <laughs> at the time, you know what I mean? And, um, and I just had certain things that I, that I had to say, you know, that, that could have probably, probably, you know, had him make a, a different decision, whether he would have made that decision or not. I just felt like I didn't, I wasn't able to give my opinion on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, obviously he ended up moving on. I thought if he would have stuck it out there, man, they would have been really, really, really good. Um, and I, I just, you know, he didn't get to see the the, the parts of Purdue that I got to saw, that I got to see, right? Yeah. So my first two, even even my third year wasn't that that bad, um, but like he didn't get to see like the you know the tournament appearances and stuff like that. And if I'm not mistaken, he never made it to the NCAA tournament. So um, I wish he kind of would have stuck around, obviously, and then just to see him go, you know, school to school. Um, I know that he ended up transferring to Houston, and then uh, his last year he ended up playing at, at Auburn. And he enjoyed it. You know, I'm not going to say he didn't. Um, but I just thought that, you know, I, I wanted him to stick it out at Purdue. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, whatever is best for him, whatever was best for him, that's all I, I wanted, you know, for him. So if he was happy wherever he was at, you know, I'm always going to rock with, you know, with, with where my brother is happy. At. So, um, but but it was, it was, it was, it was kind of hard for me to see. Mm-hmm. And we ought to get into it too deep. Um, but was there a, was there something that, um, like he didn't really feel comfortable at Purdue with you not being there. Um, like, was there a reason that he transferred um, in the forefront, I guess? 
You know, that like I said, I really didn't have much. You know, I know that him and Coach Painter were butt heads a little bit. Uh, Ronnie's a little bit of a – how do I say it? Like, he's more of like a – his communication is different, right? So the way that, you know, Coach Painter would talk to, to me, you know, might be different than how he would, you know, be able to communicate with Ronnie, right? Uh, he was a little more headstrong, if it makes sense, right? But like point guards are, I think Lewis was the same way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He just used it in a different direction. But I just thought um, – they weren't on the same page. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like Ronnie felt like he could do a little bit more uh, for the team. You know what I mean? Like, he felt like, you know, there were certain instances where they were kind of holding him back. It's kind of what I – this is what I'm thinking of now. To be honest, we never really even discussed it, discussed it, really. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, from what I saw, like, you know, they were butting heads throughout the season and stuff like that. You know, Coach Pander would want him to play a certain way. He wanted to play a different way, right? That fast down pace, which he was allowing him to actually play a lot. But, you know, the, the rest of the team had to catch up with that. So, like, it, it wasn't working out. So, he was kind of, you know, veering them in a different direction. I just don't think he liked to be held back at all, right? Um, and so, when that went down, you know, I think even at the conversation that they had, you know, the conversation was that, you know, Coplaner was like, we, you know, we would still have you here. Like, you know, if we can come, you know, we'd be on the same page. I know that was one thing that was discussed, um, but I don't, I don't know like a specific read. It wasn't like something specifically happened where it's like, oh man, like he has to go. But I think they just were butting heads so bad um, that he felt like, you know, going into that third season that he wasn't going to be able to play his game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fair. I was understanding. I was sad when he, when he left, it was like <laughs> a week or two after I met you guys actually. Um, right, right. And it was it was kind of weird because he had a lot of success, actually, like <laughs> even even there, like he was, you know, averaging a solid amount. He was doing pretty well, you know, obviously not with the winning record, but obviously it was it was due to come. You saw what happened. Right. Um, so things turn around. But, you know, I wasn't in position like the way that I'm speaking to you now is I wasn't like in position to speak like that. Yeah. back then, Right. Mm-hmm. I was kind of trying to figure out my next move and things like that. And, um, I wish I had a little bit more say so, but you know, at the time I didn't. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I've always been a big fan of you and Ronnie. I followed you guys. Appreciate um, it, bro. Especially him, um, just because he was able to play a little bit longer. But um, right, right, right. Uh, so I want to ask you if anyone on the team or this team currently reminds you of anyone that you played with or teams that you were on at Purdue. Um. Let me see here. Who do we have? You know, um, actually, Eric Hunter reminds me a little bit of Kelsey Barlow a lot. Like, mm-hmm. he's super athletic. Um, he's long. He's fast. Um, and the way that he defends, he actually does remind me of Kelsey Barlow a lot. Like, I was like, he kind of got a little bit of Kelsey in him. You know what I mean? Um, and then um, I really like the the freshman, and I'm, and I'm going to lapse his name right now, but the one that just hit the um, the game winning shot. Ivy, yes. Like, uh, supposedly he's my cousin's cousin, so maybe we're related somehow. <laughs> but yeah, he's Reese Cheatham is 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 uh, my cousin, and he's at all the games. Like, even now, like he said, you know, that's his cousin. So, uh, but he's he he reminds me a lot of like players like me and Etwine. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's but but more athletic. Like <laughs> the dude gets up, bro. Like he's he's really really athletic. So. I really like his game, you know, but as far as like uh, slicing and dicing and stuff like that, you know, getting into pockets where other people can't score at, 
um, staying active. Like, I, I feel like he reminds me a lot of that, um, as well as, like, Carson as well. Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff that he does is just, like, all right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's, and, that's what, and that's what I feel like you would get out of, like, sometimes people would see me throw up this weird floater or, you know, I get in the lane, do some weird layup, and they like, yeah. okay, we'll take it. You know, and then Etwine, he'll probably shoot something that, you know, or make a move that most people wouldn't make. And it's like, no, okay, yeah, we good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and that's, and there's players like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, there's good players. When you're a good player, you know, a lot of the times you're going to make moves that nine times out of 10, you know, other people wouldn't be able to make. But I think he got, man, some tremendous um, potential, man, going into these next seasons. And the, the red shirt freshman as well, um, I think he's from Northern Indiana. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, um, but I like his game as well. Brandon Newman from Valpo. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, so. He's really good, too. That is absolutely going to definitely be the blue, <laughs> for sure. And then kind of going back to your time at Purdue, what was it like those first two years? I mean, you guys, you came into a Final Four caliber team. Obviously, Robbie got hurt that year. Um, mm-hmm. But what was it like to play with those baby boilers and have all that success in the first couple of years? Man, it was crazy. You know, like you said, Robert got hurt my freshman year, like first day of practice, I want to say. Um, and that was crazy. So everybody was kind of like, you know, talking down on it. So it gave us something to actually fight for because, you know, at first preseason, we were ranked number one. <laughs> but also what it gave me is like I started all the way over. So I went from being like one of the best in Indiana, Indiana right, to like – hey, these dudes are giving it to you. You know what I mean? I had a good, you know, summer and, like, open gym, stuff like that. But once practice started, I was like, whoa, this practice is serious. You know what I mean? And I feel like um, if I, you know, jumped to my junior and senior year, I feel like those freshmen didn't have that. You know, it was only just me and DJ (laughs) for the most part, right? Um, And so I feel like when when they came in, it was a bit different. But having that success, you know, my freshman year, it really had me hungry for my sophomore year. And I ended up hurting my knee. Uh, going into my sophomore year and I mean that was that was you know I was so hyped like you know in the summer I was working super hard bro you know really shaved off a lot of pounds really got like in really good shape um, speed and agility wise you know condition wise and then I I was playing basketball in Indiana Indianapolis and uh, hurt my knee right so I had a meniscus tear so like the first like quarter of the season I actually wasn't starting or anything like that. I was coming off the bench getting limited minutes, really. Um, and I was really in a bad place. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest to say that. Um, and then, you know, I just I just stuck with it, though. I stuck with it. I stuck with it. And then by the end of that year, man, we started to really gel, you know, with me and, and Lewis. We was like the slicer and dicers. And then we had, like, uh, Rob, Robbie. We had DJ. We had Ryan. Um and we had Kelsey, we had John, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, we all had – we had a great team, and it ended up, like, coming together um, right before the tournament and stuff like that, too. And then I ended up, like, leading us in scoring, like, for, like, <laughs> like almost, like, the whole end of the season. And me and Robbie really started to, like, you know, pu- you know push each other and kind of build off of each other. So, that was huge. Um, and I ended up having a, a, a huge, like, end of my sophomore year. And, we, you know, we made the tournament. It was a good – we won a good game in the tournament. We really should have won the second game versus Kansas. I mean, I, I don't even like to think back to that game. That was crazy. We, we was up, I think, with one minute left. Yeah. <laughs> we was up, like, five or something like that with one minute left and ended up losing the game, bro. 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was, you know, that was the best. I would say that was probably the best years of my, my career there at Purdue when I look back on it just because of the success that we had. Um, but obviously, you know, I ended up making, you know, all conference my junior and senior year. But, you know, for me, it's always been about winning. Like, it's not about the individual accolades. So, you know, I was really struggling my junior and senior year, like, as far as, like, mindset-wise, right? Because mm-hmm. um, I just couldn't get certain people to buy in, bro. Like, and then it kind of it kind of took me off off tr- off track. To be honest, I just started to kind of like, man, you know, it is what it is. Like, you know, they're not going to buy in and stuff like that. Um, so, but but I will say, you know, I enjoyed my entire four years there. Like, period. Um, I loved playing, you know, in Mackey Arena. Man, that was one of the. You can't. I mean, you can't beat it. I, I've been in every arena, bro. I've been in every arena, and it's crazy in Mackey, bro. So. You know, thanks to those fans, you know, all those years, the fans are man, great. Like, even when I went back a couple years later, um, you know, I didn't end the best in the best way. But, like, I mean, I was received in great arms, bro. Like, when I went to the game, you know, people were really – and I was surprised. I was actually surprised, you know, how people received me, you know, coming back. So, I really appreciated that. And I still, you know, remain a boiler, bro. I got it everywhere. Yeah, here. You, sure. see, you see me back there. I got my – I I can't flip the camera around, but I got my man cave thing right there. I got all this Purdue stuff all over. So they say if you come to my um, if you come to my house, man, you you know I went to Purdue for a fact. <laughs> um, so you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but um, is there anything that you can attribute those struggles to in your in your next or your last two seasons, your junior and senior seasons? Obviously, it was kind of a far cry from your first two years. Right. Um, it's a saying like about company guys, right? So people that's like for the program, you know what I mean? And I felt like we had so, we had more talent my junior year than we had my sophomore year. Um, and about can match the talent that we had my freshman year, right? But it wasn't, they weren't right for Purdue. And and that's just what it was. Like I seen, I seen Coach Painter's system where I would say that, you know, there was times when me and Coach Painter butted heads during the season. He'd be like, come on, like, you know, you know that I'm like, man, I've seen it work. Like, I, I know this, but it's just not. Like, it's not working with these guys, you know what I mean? So, um, it's a bit different, you know what I mean? And I, and I try to hold people accountable and stuff like that because uh, you can ask anybody, you know, back home or whatever. Even my sophomore year, like, I was more of a leader as well, even my sophomore year at Purdue, right? Yeah. Um, but it was hard. It was hard, bro. You know, and I think that was attributed to um, – and I'm not going to say I'm putting this on Coach Painter, but like, and I think he's actually said this before, is that like the guys that he brought in was not like Purdue guys. And then they, they weren't, they weren't willing to, um, to, you know, work to, to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, you know, right after you know I left, you can see the turn, you can see the turn, you get what I'm saying? You can see the people that, that bought in, you know, that, that, and the next thing you know, right back to success. Right. So I think that was kind of what the and – and these players, bro, were great players, like talented as can be. It yeah. just wasn't for the right program for them. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? Like really good players. I used to be – it used to really frustrate me because I'm like, bro, our team is so good, <laughs> but we just cannot get it together. You know what I mean? And some games we would show flashes, we'll beat good teams, and the next game, you know, we'll lose to – a team that we shouldn't lose to, you know, or that we needed to get a win on, or, you know, we a breakdown in the middle of a game. It's like, damn, like, come on. But, um, 
but yeah, I thought I think that's what it was attributed to, you know, not to say the least, you know, to 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 none of the players, but um, I, I just feel like a lot of people wasn't a good fit for Purdue. Mm-hmm. And I know we're getting kind of short on time, so just a couple more for you. Um, oh, we're good. Uh, just I want to get some good Coach Painter stories because um, all the former Purdue players I've had on have told me some pretty funny things about him. Okay. Um, let me think of one. Okay, yeah, I got one. <laughs> I got one for sure. So um, let me think which one. I'll give you two. I'll give you two. So every time we would play IU, right? <laughs> um, Coach Painter, and I don't know if he still does this, but like in the gym, they would turn on the mm-hmm. the radio, right? Really, really, really loud because the 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 crowd would be really loud. Obviously, this is like a serious game for them, um, and you know, one of the loudest games that we probably gonna play that season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he would turn it on blast. So like literally, you can't hear me if I'm like right next to you sometimes right so it, it forced us to communicate all of that stuff right um and then we had lost the game before that to IU and so he, he was playing it you know we were people would just go as soon as it gets loud it's like people just forget everything like it's like it's loud and then next thing you know people like they arguing <laughs> and stuff you know you can't see so I remember him cutting off that he's like get the get the fuck out everybody get out and like he had a and then like people were like man dang he like I'm serious. Get out. He, he goes to the, um, he, you know, everybody starts like, they're like, go, go. Cause I'm like, what's going on here? You know what I mean? But there was like a rack of balls right there. He just started throwing them at us. Get out. <laughs> He's like, get out. <laughs> man, it was crazy. I was like, we better go before he put us on the line too. You know, he like, man, he could have just said, go run. You know what I mean? But I'm like, get out. Like he's saying, get out, get out. You know? Um, but we was all confused. We was like, what's going on here? Like, he's really pissed. Like, it wasn't even for something that was, like, super big, but I think it was the fact that we had just lost to IU the time before, and he was like, we not about to come into this game and lose to these fools because y'all don't want to listen. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, that was one. And then another was um, I remember we um, – there was a time where uh, – I want to say it was when – who was that that got in trouble? It was when DJ and Kelsey Barlow got in trouble. Mm-hmm. I think that was my sophomore year, I think. Sophomore? or I think it, it might have been in between your sophomore and junior. I'm not sure. No, it was my sophomore year because we came back from playing Illinois, I remember. Um, and they got in trouble. And we actually played IU going into that next game as well. <laughs> this was crazy. But I just remember us coming back to practice and he was like, you know, we was like, we didn't know what we already knew we was about to, we was in for it, bro. When yeah. it came down to it, right? So Kelsey was gone, you know, DJ was back in practice and stuff like that. But it was like, dang, you know, what's, what's, what's to come? Cause I was there that night, you know, I wasn't there when they, when all of everything happened, but I was there, I was around before that. It was Kelsey's birthday. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so we was all, we all went out and, uh, I remember him like putting us on the line, bro. And we were just running and running and run- And I'm looking at him like, coach, I remember saying, coach, like, what's, what's up? You know, I, mean, I was making my running times and stuff. So I'm like, I felt like I was about to start failing. Like, he's like, you wasn't saying that last night. He's like, you, you, you wasn't saying that last night, was you? 
you know, I'm like, oh, I couldn't even say nothing back to him. I just can't, I just can't run it. But every time somebody would do something, he would be like, go up and touch the wall, like run, go, go. He'd be like, go run. So he's sending people up the, up the, uh, up the stairs to run. And I remember back then, you know, Lou had kind of like a foot problem and all that too. And he was like, take your treatment, take your treatment bike, whatever you need to do, but take your butt up to the top of <laughs> and run up there and touch the top of those stairs. It was funny, man. But like looking back on it, he was completely right. You know what I mean? Um, but it was just those those times was definitely funny times, man. I can't I can't say it wasn't. But not in the moment, man. We were struggling. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, he has some he has some really good stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had the honor of having Coach Payne on here, and I think he's the That's best. What's up. He's the best coach in the country, hands down. Uh, he doesn't man. get the love nationally, but I mean. He's just, he's just the best. Like, there's really nothing Man, you know, to say. You know what I mean? I, you know, just to kind of cap that off, like, I, I, I text him, you know, from time to time. We talk and stuff still, right? And, um, you know, I always tell him, like, it's crazy, but I, I run my business almost how you run, how, how, you know, how we ran the, you know, how we ran the Purdue program, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's family-oriented, you know what I mean? We have gold that we're trying to reach. And um, we play by the numbers, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's as simple as that. Um, and so I think that's something that I learned that like some, some people go to different programs, like they don't learn those type of things, right? So this program is, you know, it's backed by, you know, proof, you know what I mean? It's backed by numbers, um, but it's also a family environment, you know what I mean? Like everybody is together. We don't have, you know, from every, everyone from the star player to the manager, is respected, right? Everybody is expected to do their job as well, right? Um, and I think that's how I run my team still to this day, my real estate team to this day. You know what I mean? So um, when you can get great knowledge from a coach on the court and then you can get that from off the court as well, because like he, we had some off the court conversations that it was just like, dang, I really learned from this dude. You know what I mean? Like I would never you know, even though all the problems that he had with my brother, you know, with my dad, whatever, I, ne- I never lost the respect for him. You know what I mean? Like, I always had that respect for him. I thought that he was always there for me. Um, and I and I feel like he's a, man, a wonderful coach, bro, for a fact. Yeah, I mean, that's for real. Um, so, I know you got you to meet and you run, too. So, I'm going to wrap this up here. But um, it was an honor to have you on. I've been looking up to you since I was, what, 12, 13? 11, maybe. Like Absolutely. So it's, it's <laughs> I awesome. appreciate it. It's awesome to get to chat with you for a little bit. I mean, this was probably my favorite podcast I've, I've done so far. So That's what's up, bro. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, and, and I, honestly, I appreciate you having me on. I see what you're building here. Um, I see that you're working hard at it. Um, you're bringing on some respectable guests, man. And I'm, like I said, I tapped into the last one with Lou. I'm like, yeah, I'm picking – just for the record, I'm picking Etwine over Carson, just so if anybody <laughs> has to ask. I'm picking Etwine, man. Smooth, for sure, man, because we have some battles in practice, man. That dude is crazy. But, but, um, but yeah, that, you know, I feel like you're building something here that, you know, makes sense. And obviously a lot of, like, the, you know, the Boiler family, you know, would like to see certain guests come on. I feel like you're bringing you, you're bringing them to the forefront. So, man, I appreciate you for having me on. Um, and and I, I definitely respect the brand, bro. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hey, keep up the good work. Stay safe whenever you're back in Indy. Let me know. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I will. All right, man. Take it easy.
Yep. Take care.